Welcome to Wood Talk. Now, here are three guys who think true grit starts at 220. Mark, Shannon, and Mad. All right, it's Wood Talk number 363 for March 6th. I almost said Sith. I've got the Star Wars on the brain, apparently. Ooh, it's the Revenge of the Sith episode. <laughs> oh, a little tongue tied. I thought I screwed up the numbers again. Uh, you could have. I quickly I didn't went even to go check. Look. <laughs> I was on, safe. Uh, yeah, on today's show, we're talking about plywood versus solidwood for panels and French cleats. There's a third thing. What's missing here? Is that yours, Matt? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so, huh? What's your topic? Oh. Oh, I gotta scroll down here. Uh, oh, electrical uses versus motors. Oh, okay. Right. Good to be prepared. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, just quickly <laughs> mention here that uh, today's show is sponsored by our friends at Bruso Hardware. I haven't heard from them in a while. Be sure to check out Bruso's new Photo Extra newsletter. It's a weekly update, um, and it's uh, basically dedicated to customer-submitted photos. Bruso's customers work on detailed projects, including ring boxes, humidors, keepsakes, gun boxes, and furniture. It's an excellent source for inspiration for your next project. The newsletter is short, quick, has great photos, and is delivered right to your inbox. So go to bruso.com slash photo extra. That's all one word. And you could sign up. And of course, it costs nothing and uh, comes into your inbox every week. You can't beat that. Inspiration coming to you. It's very helpful. Bruso.com slash photo extra. Check that out. We'd also like to thank folks who sort of kind of sponsor the show. Uh, folks who went to uh, patreon.com slash wood talk. And they helped us out by signing up for... Hold on, I'm finding my list. Signing up for uh, donations, and it's a sort of a monthly thing. It just draws out of out of your account, very small amounts, but you get little kickbacks in return. And we show our appreciation by mentioning your name at the top of the show. First person is David Redinger, and it's kind of a long list here today. Sorry, I know some people kind of get annoyed with that, but we have to show our appreciation. Who? Who gets annoyed with that? Shannon. I'm annoyed with this. I'm so annoyed. Shannon. Yeah, he hates it. Uh, Shannon of all people. Right. Uh, (laughs) Julian Dulcey, Dwayne Clark, Jerry Parker, Philip Lorenz, George Pagliarulo. David Craig. I didn't mess that up at all, did I? Um, Mike Samuelson, George Sheenan. Chris Capistran, Michael Homer, Forrest Parker, Ron Clace, Kleiss, uh, Kyle Princhback, Frederick McIntyre, Jennifer Bigney, uh, Brian McCauley, and the Franks Pace. Thank you so much, folks. We really appreciate your support. Uh, Patreon.com slash Woodtalk if you want to check that out. So you guys may have noticed we had a new intro. And uh, oh, yeah, uh, I made second billing. Yay! <laughs> right? You got an upgrade, man. So, uh, I figured uh, if I'm going to do it, I've got it. It's always been based on like who runs the show and seniority, right? So now it's like, okay, well, you've been here longer. You get the oh, second you're place. You're giving yourself too much credit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, check this out. Uh, we, we got a, a voiceover guy to do the work, and it just happens that like he is a woodworker and is a fan of the show. And is probably listening to this right now. So thank you so much, Jeff, for your great work. We got a bunch of these, by the way. People got sick of hearing the same like six over and over. So now I have like twelve of them, <laughs> and they're all all different and unique. And Jeff did a fantastic job with them. And uh, I also want to thank Robert Bakey. Becky, he's someone on Patreon. I asked folks who, I was like, you guys think you're clever? Help me write some intros. So I actually found one that I really liked and it was Robert's and I did kind of a play on that. That's the one that we uh, used in the show today. Um, So thank you so much for that, Robert and everybody else who submitted them. And thanks again to Jeff. Hope your uh, woodworking is going great. He's got a channel, by the way. I should probably put a link in the show notes to this, but he does like arcade rebuilds and, um, you know, just restores them. And uh, it's actually really interesting stuff. And it's just funny hearing a guy with such a good voice doing normal 
speaking. Like he's not putting <laughs> he's not putting his voice on, but obviously you have to have a good voice to be able to do that stuff. So um, I mean, he doesn't talk like that all the time. No, he That's doesn't. So disappointing. That would I always be, hope to meet somebody like that. Right? I, I might get annoying after a while. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm how about doing you wonderful. Today? Thank you. So I thought you guys might like this too. These might come in handy at uh, various times throughout the the future shows. Cup o slab. That one's really good. <laughs> Shallow and pedantic. Slabbergasted. Oh, Pinch God. it off. So we're going to start having a soundboard, right? So now whenever we say something funny or witty, you just hit the button. Yeah, just going to go. Slabbergasted. Like that. <laughs> Is that nice. good? Nice. I think, I think we need to get a couple of bike horns and, you know. Yeah, exactly. A little uh, snare thing. drum and a rattle. Yeah, we'll turn this into a morning zoo show. It'll be great. <laughs> okay anyway let's get to our normal zoo uh what's on the bench so i'm finishing up my trestle table right now i've uh, literally finishing it up i've got the tabletop behind me over here the base parts over there and applying a little bit of wiping varnish finish and i think probably uh, well i'm gonna let it off gas and de-stink for a little while before i take it into the house but probably by the end of the week i'll have it in the kitchen so super excited about that this was uh, actually a pretty quick turnaround for what it was, um, but it came out pretty good so far. So, not not a whole lot to say about it, but finishing it up. Very nice. Yes, that's it. Nothing else. There's really nothing to it, man. Super simple. Not- you don't want to talk about how you like expanded your little dimpling effect? Um, we could talk about that. That goes back into last week's discussion on. Um, well, you know, I mean, going it's different from last week. Last week, they didn't have full-on dimpling everywhere. No, I mean, they usually well, went overboard with that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's t- everywhere. It ties into that discussion in the sense that, like, <laughs> maybe this is going too far now. <laughs> you know, because that's the thing. Uh, that's the thing. We we're, I think we even talked about it last week about having um to practice restraint with design, and that as you get to a, a point that okay, now I know I can do this dimpling, and I'm going to incorporate it here, and yeah, maybe that's taken a little bit of a risk. But if I do it here as well, is that now too much? So how do you know, like Shannon was saying, editing, personal editing, how do you know when to pull back from that? Uh, this was actually, a, um, I would call it more of a mistake recovery. So I would not have an initially planned on doing this, but I cut the tenons, the through tenons with the dado stack. And I used, um, I don't even know what made me do this. I have two dado stacks. One is a forest. The other is a Datonator Junior. And uh, I, actually, I know what it was. I was using the sled. The Datanator is only like, it's a six inch stack. So I wanted to make sure I had enough height. So I went with the full eight inch size, which is the forest version. Well, the forest blade, it's, it's fine. It does a good job, but it leaves pretty substantial grooves on the outer uh, cutters. So it's severing the grain as it goes, but the Datanator doesn't do as, as deep of a groove. So I'm used to what that one does. So I use the forest and as I'm cutting my tenons, it's a through tenon. So what happens if you cut it to size and you put it all the way through, you're going to see those grooves. So I'm looking at it going, well, dang, like, do I change the geometry of this by planing it down a little bit to smooth it out? Do I just let it go? Or do I come up with a, you know, creative solution? And the creative solution was to do the same dimpling that I did on that walnut strip to the exposed part of the tenon. Uh, And again, I don't know that that was the best thing to do. It doesn't look bad and it's under the table. It's not like it's a huge obvious visible detail, but it's still something that did have me pondering the question like, okay, is this an example of when you take something a little bit too far and now it's too much? And I don't know. I still don't know for sure. It may be, but I don't care. Nicole is like, oh, it's fine. I like it. So that's, that's kind of like, as long as she's okay with it, I'm good. So yeah, that's, that's the only other interesting thing that happened. Well, if she doesn't like it later, you can like have Millie chew on it and like add her own. 
honestly, it wouldn't look very different if she chewed on it. <laughs> it looks like she chewed on it with like very rounded dull teeth. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, but I'll be very interested to get people's feedback on whether they think it was good, bad, or, you know, kind of indifferent to it, but it, it was fun. A fun good mix of all of that. Most likely it's, uh, you know, it's, the internet. (laughs) I was really hoping you were going to do some sort of bent lamination, but you know, that's, that's, I'm not quite quite there there yet. yet, So Shannon, uh, he's referring to something that actually happened pre-show. I was telling a story about a YouTube comment where someone said I wasn't quite there yet to, uh, to do bent lamination. And we thought it was funny. Uh, but that's it for me, Matt, what do you got going on? (laughs) That was a great story. Uh, I'll tell it again. Uh, I guess I've been using my sawmill. That's uh, pretty yeah. much the highlight of things. Starting to cut some of my bigger stuff now that I did the I did the load test a few, I think that was like two or three weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. But to do that, I, I had a bunch of cans, so it's like squared up logs so that I could stack next to each other to get a really wide cut without having to sacrifice or risk uh, a really bad cut if something went wrong on my big logs. So I did that. It went super ridiculously well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cut, the test cut we did, uh, the widest was 61 inches. That was going through Elm. So that's pretty tough for wow. song. And that was a three-minute cut to go all the way down. That was like seven feet at 61 inches, something like that. So that was the fact that I did that. That's pretty substantial. The thing that I, thing that I built did that just like fine <laughs> without any problems in only three minutes. I mean, that was like the measure. The measure I have of success was like somewhere right here. <laughs> like the actual realistic thing was like up here somewhere. So like when I, when I went into this, I'm like, I, you know, what? as long as it cuts and it's faster than the chainsaw mill, that's my level of success. That's where I set mm-hmm. my bar of success. Well, I ended up being a lot higher than that. So this last couple of weeks, I've been moving some of the bigger stuff onto the mill. Uh, this last week I posted a video of the crotch slab, the smaller one I have getting milled up, which was a really fun experience that, it's incredible when you open up a log, you have no idea what's going to be in there. And mm-hmm. it was just absolutely beautiful. It's a lot of uh, curl and um, quilting and some spalting and a little bit of crotch figures and bark inclusions, really interesting stuff. Um, I mean, I just, I was elated, just absolutely elated. Well, that thing was massive and we were going to, this actually, we didn't have much in the what's new section. So we were going to mention Matt's video that he posted recently. Uh, and it's what, 30, 35 minutes, roughly 26, no, 27, 27. Okay. I don't know why I had 35 in my head, but long, obviously, uh, if you want to see some amazing work, it felt like 35. (laughs) Yes. It didn't feel like a minute over an hour. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if you want to see some really impressive stuff, cause I mean, you're pretty much a one man crew when you're doing all yeah. this. So from the point of getting this thing on your trailer to getting it loaded onto the mill, to milling it up, to moving the damn slabs that like in and of themselves are too much for one person to handle. Um, this is just an amazing and fun process to watch Matt go through. So, um, definitely go check it out. We'll put the link in the show notes in the what's new section, but we can talk more, uh, about it now. But this, this crotch slab was just like, it was so huge. It was almost like two, two major full size trees that were just fused together. <laughs> it, it was, it was pretty wide. You know what the best part about that crotch section is that's the upper canopy of that tree. Okay. Hmm. So that's not even like the main trunk. Yeah, that was like an offshoot. Cr- so there's some crazy pick- wide log out there. So where's the rest of this tree? In the beginning of that video, I showed me picking up that log from that log pile okay. and you can see the base of the tree in the background. It's like, it was six and a half feet in diameter. Damn. And I wouldn't be able to get it on my trailer or move it. And at the time, I wouldn't have any way to mill it either. Mm-hmm. So I didn't end up getting that one back here. But 
and that was a heck of a that was a heck of a dump pile. Yeah, that is something I else. Started, I started with the small logs, and the small logs were not small by any measure, <laughs> but comparatively to that, yeah. When you're standing next, when you stand next to the end of a log, and it's like above your head, I'm like, you can just barely touch the top of it. You put your hand up. Well, at least for me, it's not that impressive, I guess, because I'm kind of short. But <laughs> it's a I small wasn't going to say it. Never mind. Never mind. It's just a anyway. baby tree. <laughs> <laughs> You're standing next to something that's, you know, six, six and a half feet tall. It's the end grain of a log. Yeah. That's a pretty big log. You know, not a lot of people had that experience. And it was really very strange for me to be, like, standing next to this thing thinking, like, if only I could bring this back. Well, it's like, it's like so many things in my mind, like, of, like, steps or predicaments I would have along the way with something that big. Where it's like can I even get it on my trailer? And maybe can my trailer support that much weight? Mm-hmm. No. Can my trail, my truck pull that? No. Or bring it back home. Can I mill it? No. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I've always, that's why like milling the big stuff is so, so much more challenging and so much more interesting. It's because of the size and the weight of these things. You're not milling little sticks that you can kind of throw around. However, yeah. and like, yet you want Back to the Sanford and Son comment. All those things told you you couldn't do it, and yet you still brought the log home. Yeah, I'll do some with it later. I'll just stick it in my my backyard. I'll put it up on. I'm going to put it up on cinder blocks for a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what happened with these things. So I brought. I kept bringing them home. Um, The log pile was out where my near where my wife works. So like, I took my son to visit her for lunch every Thursday. I stopped by the log pile and grabbed the next biggest thing that was still there. Because the best part about this dump pile was the logs are so big that was listed for firewood. No one had a chainsaw big enough to cut through these things. No one had a way to move these things. So they were there for a long time. That's one of those things where you look out your window and you see like something going on at your neighbor's house and it had a down tree and you're just mesmerized watching the process of getting that thing removed and out of there. And I'm like, oh, this is great though. This is like in HD. I can actually watch this whole thing and, and see it go down. And I just thought it was pretty amazing, man. So good job. Well, what was interesting is there was, <clears throat> I've gotten into this habit lately of you go to a YouTube video and you scroll down and you kind of look at some of the comments first. Mm-hmm. And of course, <laughs> the safety police jumped on you right off the bat. So I'm like with an eye watching this going, you know, what are they talking about? Where was Matt unsafe? And I got to say, I, I didn't see it. Nothing you came know? out of everything. It. I mean, that's impressive just as a one man operation, first of all, but just moving these ridiculously heavy things. And certainly some of it there was areas where it was swinging, but you were totally out of the line of that swing, which I, I don't think that's like a conscious. I'm going to be safe here. It's more of a, Holy crap. <laughs> Get yeah. out of the way. Of that. Well, Maybe I'll give I that mean, thing some all, clearance. The, the weight's hanging there from the arch. So it's not that big of a thing. It's really just, I'm just guiding it down. So it doesn't like go anywhere crazy, mm, but right. there's no weight on it. And to be honest, like if I didn't have like the safety police on me all the time, I would just drag those things over the pile by hand. <laughs> right that's what i used to do anyway with bigger stuff than this is pull it around these are pretty small for stuff i moved by hand before so i wanted to show like oh you can do it safely or more conveniently or, or whatever but i get the people like think a forklift is safer than this i don't know how it would really be all that safer per se because there's not really anything dangerous going on yeah that's the internet, baby. That's the way it I goes. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. Well, speaking <laughs> of the comments, we actually will be talking about lumber pricing, and that's going to be something that came out of this video at the end where Matt starts talking about how much he would sell these for, and the conversations that came out of that were very interesting. So what that's going to be, what, the weekend show, I believe? So uh, sure, yeah. stay, stay tuned yeah, later in the week for that. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out by then. Yeah, I think by so. By the yeah. weekend, we'll figure out a show by the weekend. Totally. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Got a few days. <laughs> Shannon, what, what you got going on? 
Uh, I had my nerd weekend. I um, didn't spend it in the shop. I spent it uh, spent it in New Jersey, in- which how often does anybody actually say that? I voluntarily went to New Jersey. Yeah, where um, <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, Don't say things where like you that. can you can find uh, exotic restaurants like Vincent's Asian and Sushi. That's a <laughs> classic Jersey <laughs> hey, place. Vinny, make me some sushi rolls, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, it was it was uh, my um, my birthday weekend, and the wife said, "Let's just get the heck out of town." So we went to Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash up in Red Bank, and I geeked out and. Bought some comic books and met uh, Mike Zapsig from the Comic Book Men show, That's which awesome. was really fun. Bought some new artwork to go on the wall in my shop. So I've got some uh, authentic Spider-Man artwork for the shop wall. Um, yeah. Are you, co- are you coloring awesome. it in, too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that was actually the first <laughs> thing. Is that what it is? <laughs> thing Heather said to me when she was joking. She's like, ooh, so I can color that in. And like Mike Zapsig was like within hearing distance. Uh. And I... <laughs> I think we almost got thrown out of the stash at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Time to get our crayons. <laughs> uh, it was fun. I mean, and we swung by um, my old neighborhood where I went. I lived in New Jersey from first through fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So we got to swing by there. I got to see my old elementary school, which is like so ridiculously tiny. Like, how did they fit students inside that little building? Well, you've it's gotten ridiculous. bigger since then, Shannon, and that's that's why it looks smaller. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Still a pretty small school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that was always interesting. Got to see the house I lived in for a while, knocked on the door, made them uncomfortable, that type of thing. Oh, did you um, really? Did you? No, no, no. Oh, okay, I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, you got some big ones there, man. I don't we, know that I could drove, do that. We drove by my childhood home when we were in Toronto with my wife, and she was, like, begging me to, like, stop the car so she can go out and, like, talk to these people. I'm like, I'm not stopping the car to go talk to some people I don't know Yeah. tell them I yeah. grew up here. It's a bit awkward. And guess what? They don't care. <laughs> Yeah, really. It's like, in fact, it just weirds them out a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Oh man. Yeah, but um, you guys remember a couple of episodes ago, I talked about how I put down the new flooring, and I had a few like empty spots that my OCD was driving me crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went ahead and ordered five more tiles. Had a boy. Nice. <laughs> I managed. I managed to make it about a week and a half working in that space before I just couldn't stand it anymore, and had to buy five more tiles. So, there you go. good news is that I only needed five more tiles, so I didn't have to pay like freight shipping or anything like that. Just came via FedEx. Oh, so. it's still nice. a lot of weight, though, isn't it? How much is that? Like, hundred pounds? Probably. I mean, the box is probably. No, it's not quite that much. It's probably fifty pounds. Oh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a single box. box. It's not too yeah. bad. I ship lumber heavier than that via FedEx and UPS. So mm-hmm. why not? Cool. So I'll be putting that down and I will finally be like wall to wall rubber. Wall to wall rubber floor that's, in my shop. That's what we want to see. Rubber nice. everywhere. Well, cool. Uh we're so we're gonna skip what's new since we kind of talked about Matt's um video already. Let's get into our kickback. Uh, first one we have here is from Josh. He says, Hey dudes, I was listening to your last show, the donut show. And I just wanted to let you guys, I think this might be a little bit old. That was a good show. Yes. We enjoyed that one. Uh, let you guys know that Dunkin' Donuts is hot garbage compared to Shipley's Donuts down here in Texas. I don't mean that in a sense that Dunkin' Donuts are actual garbage, just that Shipley's Donuts are that much better than Dunkin'. I'm so confident that I will put, or that I will put my mouth is what in this, that I will put my mouth is. <laughs> That makes no sense to me. So if you're ever in Texas, I will personally buy you a dozen delicious donuts from a real donut shop. Boom, baby, said in Mark's voice. Uh, we also, and that was in Mark's voice, oddly enough. We also have a, a great Tex-Mex and barbecue to wash your donuts down with. Um, now, I just want to clarify. It was, it's Matt that eats the donuts. 
I don't, I, I only go there for coffee and I'll get my son a donut once in a while. I, I generally do not eat their donuts, but I will drink their coffee like it's going out of style. I guess I don't care enough. I just like eating donuts. That's what yeah. they have there. They're just free donuts as far as you're concerned. Yeah, if a bag yeah. with a donut, that's They just true. show up on your desk, man. If someone brings me a donut, I'm probably going to eat it. So if you, if you well, give Mark a donut. All I got to say is I, I've, I've been in Texas before. So where are my donuts, Josh? You just said when we come to Texas. So I've already been there. So well, you owe late. me donuts. We'll ship them to you. They'll be stale by the time they get there. Yeah. And then I can say, these are garbage. These are terrible. <laughs> They're garbage. I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> hot, stale garbage. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, this next one comes from Joe. Uh, he says, with respect to the shaving horse discussion in episode 359, I recommend Popular Woodworking's post on the Boggs-influenced hybrid shaving horse developed by Tom Donahue. Uh, there's a link for it. Um, along with some plywood and hardwood scraps, I spent about $10.00. For a two by ten and ten dollars for nuts and bolts to make one, especially for someone who wants to dip their toe into green woodworking and aren't sure they'll stick with it, there are better options than spending seventy nine dollars for a set of plants. Hmm. There's always better options, Joe, <laughs> and there's probably someone who can kick back this kickback and said, "I only spent two dollars right. on a two by four and some glue, and I have a shaving horse." So, absolutely, if you really want a cheap way to get into green woodworking, look up Google the shaving pony. And you'll have one that'll fit right on top of your workbench. Um, I just parked my it. truck on top of whatever I want to shave. It's free. Yep. <laughs> it's minus the cost of the truck. I just want to see a... Uh, I, already, I already have the truck. It's a sunk cost. I want to see a cartoon now of a pony shaving. Because <laughs> that's where my brain goes with that. So. Wow. I don't think of what it's supposed to be. Um, all right. Voicemail. All we have is a... Um, well, this is actually a joke fail. And I'm going to play it because I want the guy to get credit for it. And I knew where he was going right away. But here's the thing. Skype does not like like audio things and noises. So anytime you try to – we've had this happen in the past where they try to do a joke or something that's funny. And it like I guess it's the um, – I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a sound feedback sort of thing that Skype has a way of like digitally removing those things from the audio. Uh, but listen, it's – you know, let them talk. Hey, Mark Manchin, this is Scott in California, and uh, the last couple weeks you guys have had some people calling in with weird table saw noises, um, and uh, um, I'm having the same problem, and uh, or a similar problem, and uh, I thought this being an audio medium, I could just record it for you, and you could listen to it and give me your feedback, your expertise on what you think it might be, and what's weird is it was like almost an organic type of noise, not really mechanical. Um, musical, I don't know, somewhat uplifting even, but that's kind of weird. But anyway, have a listen and tell me what you think. Love the show. Take care. Bye. All right. So it's like another minute of that. <laughs> so uh, I, I was waiting for him. Is he going to fart? Is he going to like, what, where, where's this going? And uh, it's organic, whatever it is. It was organic and almost musical, maybe a little shallow and pedantic. There you go. <laughs> oh, yes. So, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate the joke, but obviously Skype doesn't like jokes. Uh, so if you want, <laughs> if you want to leave us bad joke fails, Skype you can do that. No sense of humor. <clears throat> no, I swear she's terrible. Uh, you can get us on Skype. The username there is Wood Talk Online, or you can call us at six two three two four two five one eight zero. And uh, oh yeah, you could also send us, uh, you know, some kind of a capture thing from your device via email. 
that'll be good too. All right, so let's get into our email officially. Uh, Chris Tidwell wrote in. He says, I'm starting the design phase of a standalone frame and panel cabinet to house a garbage can in my kitchen. Right now I'm leaning toward using hardwood plywood, cherry or maple for the panels. What are the advantages of building solid wood panels versus going with the good cabinet grade plywood? All right, so the only advantage I could think of, I don't believe in parts an advantage in this situation. Uh, one of the great advantages is that you can do some kind of a profile on your panels. You could do a raised panel. You could just make it look, have, give it more depth, make it look a little bit more interesting. But he's talking about doing a very simple flat panel. Then I don't really see a whole lot of benefit to going with solid wood other than the fact that you could say you went with solid wood. Um, I do think generally, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I think generally speaking, if it's flat, that's that's the impression I get. Now, there are some folks who will, and I guess, no, I, I, there is a difference. And it's not just up to different people. It depends on the, the wood and the plywood. You can sometimes tell when something's plywood versus an actual piece of solid wood or, you know, lamination to create a panel. So you might have a little bit of a visual thing there, but it's going to be very minute. Ultimately, if you're going for flat panels, I think, you know, just in terms of uh, uh, price, it's going to be cheaper. It's going to be easier because now you just have to cut it to, to shape. You don't have to actually mill the lumber. And it's also going to be stable because it's not going to expand and contract. You have fewer potential problems with it. So in your case in particular, Chris, I would say there's really not much advantage to going with solid wood and only potential problems to go with solid wood. Not that you're going to have problems. It'll probably be fine. But if you're just kind of putting it down on paper, I think plywood's probably your best bet. But if someone is contemplating this, uh, I do think solid wood can look better. And if you are doing something more decorative, you have more options with those profiles if it's solid wood versus plywood. Um, can you guys think of any other, like a, a good reason why you would like insist or, or say someone should go with solid wood for a simple uh, you know, frame and panel design like that? I think he's going to have more options um, because he's building this in his kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's, and it's a single cabinet, you know, standalone, standalone. frame and panel cabinet mm -hmm. um, in his kitchen. So what we don't know is, is he trying to match the cabinetry that's already in the kitchen? If it were solid wood, he's going to have more options when it comes to matching the color and, and the look of it. Right. Just because plywood's never going to absorb color and finish the same way. And you can't really... <laughs> it's only skin deep, literally. So you, you can't really do a lot of, of messing around with it uh, before it starts to look really, really muddy more than anything else. The other thing I would say is if, since it is a standalone thing, like, do you have the plywood left over to make the panel? Or are you going to have to go buy a whole other sheet to make the panel? In which case it might actually just be easier to use solid wood <laughs> yeah, at right. that point. You know, right. I mean, that that's the one problem is, is you can't really buy good quality plywood in less than four by eight sheets. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that <laughs> if you're just going out to buy plywood for just that one door panel, that might not be the best solution. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and you bring up a good point with the kitchen. If he already has cabinets there, what are those? And chances yeah. are, you're going to want to do the same thing that's there just to get as close as possible. So, yeah, I think there's grain considerations to look at too. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you just don't just like, uh, again, you, you get those like cutlass programs that tell you how to stack all your parts into a plywood sheet and usually don't take grain into consideration because <laughs> right. is it, is it a sequence matched face? Is it a rotary cut face? What, you know, but a panel, it, it'll look weird if that cathedral is kind of off center um, you oh, really right, want the right cathedral at the edge. centered. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and you see that a lot in commercial mm -hmm. cabinetry. And it, like Mark, when you said it's it's kind of obvious to see sometimes when it's 
when it's actually plywood. Right. That's usually the giveaway right there. Right, it's yeah. a rotary cut sheet and it's like slightly off the center, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that just was the bit of plywood left over that they stuck in there. So <laughs> right. there's something to be said about that, but now you're getting into aesthetics. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. You're up, Matt. All right. This question is from Matt, the crotch Cremona. Oh, oh yeah. Like <laughs> with your bandsaw mill have you noticed an electrical bill increase due to the large motor mm. also i can't believe the mill hasn't rusted to the ground since the internet said it would over the winter without paint winky face <laughs> oh that's right i remember that discussion <laughs> well, the winter's not there. over the internet wasn't this, correct this is march in uh minnesota the winter's <laughs> not over yeah it's just begun there's yeah. still well, time for it to rust to the ground Give it time, people. It'll be a pile of metal, uh, metal rust shavings any, any time now. Oh, man. Some of it is painted. I'll say that much. Everything I got done before I got really cold. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really enjoy the show, and I've been catching up on back episodes from Jonathan. Okay, so I got my electrical bill a couple weeks ago, and that covers everything that had been milled, like all the small stuff. My bill actually went down that month. <laughs> Uh, because it's actually I, generating power somehow. <laughs> it's, 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 re, it's a power. really good bandsaw mill. <laughs> <laughs> the the weather was warming up. The furnace was running a little less. And the biggest thing I pay for on the electrical bill in the wintertime is the blower for the furnace. Mm. Um, if you kind of think about it, like when I'm running the mill, the cuts, maybe it takes me like a minute or two to get down the whole length of the bed for something. I don't know, maybe 30 inches wide and 10 feet long. It's about a two minute cut. So you're running that motor for two minutes. How long do you run your dust collector for? Like I run mine for like hours. If I'm just in the shop, like this, whatever table saw jumping between machines, the mm-hmm. dust collector stays on the whole time. And that's always drawing that constant amount of electricity. And I kind of went through, I'm not going to go into like super specifics. Cause I'm not, I'm not super into, I'm not an electrical engineer. I don't care enough to be <laughs> honest. Um, that's so what it my, really comes down to. That's true. My motor on lazy. my bandsaw mill <laughs> will pull. Um, I when I'm feeding it by hand, I try and keep keep the draw between um, forty and fifty amps, and I'll work out to be around you know, seven thousand watts. So if I run that, if I run a load on it for an hour, that's seven kilowatt hours. I pay eleven cents per kilowatt hour here, <laughs> seventy-seven cents per hour of cut time on the mill. So you're gonna have to get know, a second maybe, job. Just perfect. <laughs> You're gonna have to cut back on those Duncan hot trash. Yeah, donuts. no more Duncan runs. Jeez. No yeah. runs. Oh man. Yeah, you're gonna pay more in gas to go get your donuts than that. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, then you can kind you of like drive to you, Texas to get your donuts. <laughs> it's true. They're cheaper down there. You could save money by buying cheaper donuts true. in Texas. That's true. <laughs> it's cheaper true. and better. <laughs> so I mean, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because before I was doing this, the bands mill and knew I wanted to do electric, I really didn't even like pay attention like how much electrical usage the equipment in my shop even uses mm-hmm. but like if i use my my dust collector it uses about a fifth of that power um and i'm going to run it for a lot longer so for every minute that i run my um my bandsaw mill it's like four minutes around my dust collector five minutes around my dust collector hmm. so it's really not i don't know you could find, you can put some perspective on it but it's really not that big of a deal and electricity is really cheap if you really think about it like if i were to build that mill with like gas or diesel engine for an hour runtime i mean you probably i mean, probably burn through probably a gallon mm-hmm. of fuel in that time which is you know three four times that cost plus going to go get go get it bring it back whatever well, time's involved with that and the other thing is when you're milling and it's stinky 
Yeah, that too. Yeah. You'll smell like gas all the time. When uh, mm. when you're milling, you're like not Mark. in your shop. I do smell like gas, but not that kind of gas. Um, <laughs> when, especially today. When, uh, when, when you're doing the milling work, you're not also in your shop doing the stuff you normally do. You know, so right. it's like you're substituting one activity for, let's say you're not milling, you would probably be in the shop with the dust collector running, with your tools running. So it's just mm-hmm. a different type of activity uh, substituting for the normal activity that might be on that day, which is, you know, another reason why you might not really see much of a change uh, in the electric bill. Yeah, I think about like even my computer probably uses more energy in a day than I use for those tools because things always, well, most of the time, all day it's on running. I, you got to get one of those kilowatt things, those meter things to actually mm-hmm. know how much power is actually pulling all the time. But reality, it's in the sense of a mill and the fact that I'm a one-man operation. I'm not doing production work. The sawmill's not always cutting all the time. It's not really impactful at all yeah. comparatively to my home energy usage. You know, I wanted well, to see what my heaters were going to do to our bill. But mm-hmm. I had a similar situation where this past month, like the last 30 or 40 days, it's been great. Like the weather has been awesome. The heaters have hardly been running. So we had the bill went down and I'm like, well now that doesn't help me. I want to actually see what kind of damage these things can do, but the weather's been beautiful. So I have I've no had, idea. I had the same problem when I did my heater in my shop or a similar problem where I've never had a baseline for the, for the house right. heating without the shop being heated as right. well. Yeah. Cause I installed the heater when we moved here. So like, I have no idea how much, <laughs> It what it's cost to run bill. to do the shop and the house or yeah. whatever the differences are. It's right. funny. I actually replaced my furnace and went with a, a like a modern high efficiency. You know, all they talk about is how much money it will save you. <clears throat> and at the same time, I think I sold my last power tool right around then. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, we're going to save all this money because everything we're doing doesn't require power. <laughs> I haven't seen any change whatsoever. You know, so the converse to oh, the, no the question to Matt was, you know, is my electric bill that much cheaper? No, not so much. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <It doesn't. laughs> wow. Well, there yeah, you go. It doesn't doesn't make a difference. So just use all the power you want, people. Yeah, yeah. you heard it here first. <laughs> it's good news what i want to know is when matt's going to put a solar panel on top of the um the mill and run it entirely off solar that'd be great well then maybe that will get people to stop telling me to put a roof on it yeah it'll be a solar roof that'll be good (laughs) with with those uh shingles by tesla solar tile things yeah Yeah. those would be good you should do that yeah get right on i'm sure i'll save a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's move on, shall we? Yes. Uh, this uh, this email comes from Paul, and he's uh, wondering about French cleats for hanging cabinets. Uh, design the recess into the back so it will hang flush to the wall, or just attach it to the back and add a small piece on the lower portion so it will hang plumb. What drives your decisions on which design to use? Uh I will pretty much always recess it so that it hangs flush to the wall. I just think it looks cleaner that way. Um, I have done it the other way, but that was on a sawtill in my shop. And frankly, it was because I was just like, oh, crap, I forgot to recess it into the back. (laughs) Just nail it on there. And actually ended up becoming a feature because kind of like Matt with logs, I have too many saws. And uh, I needed my sawtill filled up, so the little like oh, little going. recess created on the back actually was a place that I could slot slot uh, <laughs> saws on that slot saws. That's hard to say five times fast. I was able to slot the extra saws like through that recess created between the cleat and that lower whatever you want to call that stabilizer uh, piece. Mm-hmm. So it's extra storage. So there you go. Yeah, but you know, 
You heard her first here on Wood Talk. Well, but isn't that, I mean, French cleats are super, super strong. Certainly, that's one of the reasons you use it. But it also makes for a very clean, kind of invisible method of hanging it. So I think for the most part, you're going to recess it into the back. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah, so it's super, super forgiving, too, because if you've got, if you're not really sure in your stud placement and it's a big cabinet, you can kind of, you could even just have like maybe one or two on the side and have the entire left side unsupported and the whole cleat will still be pretty strong, yeah. you know, for a pretty substantial cabinet. So it's a more flexible system. All right. Well, we do have an email extra coming up for those uh, $4 and higher patrons over at patreon.com slash woodtalk. And today we're going to talk about crosscut sleds. We have a couple different questions about that. So we're going to bat some ideas back and forth and uh, give that a good a good talking to. We're going to have, have it out. Matt, Matt <laughs> and I are going to talk about our crosscut sleds. It's going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be, be crazy times, baby. We'll be insulting each other like crazy. Yep. Our real feelings about each other are going to come out. Biting and scratching. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to support the show, you can. Of course, we talked about Patreon, patreon.com slash woodtalk. You could also go to uh, the TWW store, get a woodtalk t-shirt. That's twwstore.com or leave us a review on iTunes. And Shannon, how about you give us some contact info and we'll get out of here. Gladly. If you have, I'm trying to adopt the, the announcer voice. Gladly, Mark. Gladly. If you have comments, questions, or topics suggest, I can't Whoa. do it. No, no, can't do it. <laughs> if you want to talk to us, you can do that. You can leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Woodtalk Online. You can call us with a phone and such at 623-242-5180. Or you can type things using a contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact. Or leave us a comment on the website at woodtalkshow.com. Go to this episode, whatever this is, 363? Yep. Four? 363. Yep. And say, I know where there are better donuts than in Texas. And all you Texas donuts can suck it. Or you want to tell us that electricity actually does cost money. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's important. You know, I decided, guys, I think the perfect place to use this is if Shannon's talking too long and I'm getting bored, I'm going to go. Pinch it off. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect use. I agree. I love it. Oh, great. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next time. <laughs> See you. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>